Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride. Scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode. Behind the Bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy, as well as booking shows and the comedy life. If you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic, already in the comic game, or a comedy nerd, Behind the Bits is the show for you. Now, let's get Behind the Bits. I talked to John Poveromo in this episode about what happened in 2021 in the world of comedy and some speculation on what might happen in 2022. A really good episode. John is one of my favorite guests. His original interview is episode 29, if you want to catch it, one of my favorite episodes. Make sure you catch John's podcast, Dystopia Tonight, which is broadcast live on Twitch on the Drinks, Jokes, and Storytelling channel. It's also on his YouTube channel, and the audio is out on all the podcast apps. It's always good to catch up with John. One of the nice things about doing a podcast like this is you make some friends, and John's one of my friends. Hope you enjoy this one. Thanks for listening. This is going to be very, very high energy. We're live now. So (laughs) I'm here with John Poveromo, who was one of my, I guess, um, early interviews, fairly Mm -hmm. early, and uh, we hit it off and have been talking ever since and i know that john is very connected to the comedy world in new york and even has a lot of folks that he knows in la so he kind of knows what's going on and i wanted to do a like a 2021 recap along with what might happen and what's good about 2022 so john thanks for doing the show Again. No problem, man. I, Again, I, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm happy, dude. I love, I love talking to you. So, and it's, and it's been a while, man. So, yeah. it's, it's nice. Yeah, I, I, when I thought about doing this, I thought uh, I could do a panel, and then panels. I just, I, I don't think I should do a panel. And I figured you were, you're about the most plugged in person I know that will return my messages that I could uh, have on the show. So you're Sweet. the guy. Congratulations. Awesome. Happy to be <laughs> Happy to be here. So let's do a recap of 2021 for you first. You know, we sure. we 2021 started hopeful and then uh, other things happened. So how did that affect you and your comedy career and everything else that you're trying to do? Um I think 2021 uh I think it's I think you're right. I think it did start out kind of hopeful. And uh, just because we got, you know, Trump out, basically, and that felt like a nice, huge weight lifted off everyone's shoulders. But I feel like if you're if you were connected and in tune with politics anyway, you knew that, like, you know, Biden was never going to be the savior. So it was but it was still like, all right, look, cathartic feeling of having the guy leave that you that everybody hated, you know, uh, actual reality aside, it felt pretty good. And then but comedy wise i mean you know you were part of it too we all we all did the um uh i think the the fucking streaming thing um mm. 
you know, the, the Guinness world record breaking, you know, uh, show charity event for cancer stuff. So I was, I was co-producing that and, you know, so 2021 started out pretty good because in like January something, we just had all this shit to do. Mm. So like, because Thanksgiving was Thanksgiving, 2020 was when everybody started to do online shit, like really started yeah. to do it. Like I was dabbling a little bit. I think I'd already done your interview at that point. Mm-hmm. I really think so. November. So that was a lot of fun. And I was doing little stuff here and there and figuring it out. And then by, um, by the time Thanksgiving rolled around, uh, Mark Riccadonna, Richie Byrne, you know, Jason, all those guys, and then you jumped on and we all started kind of podcasting together, mm-hmm. which made us have something to do. So that was right. kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, did a couple of virtual zoom, zoom shows, but then, uh, you know, Tom Bannis had the idea to do the, you know, combine, uh, the charity events that he was doing when there was no COVID and mm-hmm. then all the comedians were out of work. So then we all came together to do that, you know, 93 hour marathon, yeah. uh, fuck. <laughs> um, which I will, I probably will. I mean, that's too long, but yeah. like, I, I don't mind doing Like we've done like smaller marathon show, like 24 hour, whatever again, but 93 was fucking insane. Um, but yeah, that was, that was really a nice kick in the ass because it just, it just took up so much time. So Mm. there was no time to be, you know, still angry about the COVID shit. It was like, oh cool. There's all this stuff to do and I'm safe at home. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. And and plus it connected me, you know, for me, it was one of those things that like, uh, you know, when you don't always know your position in a business or something like that. So you're just kind of, you know, you're just kind of focused on you, but it was nice because when I made phone calls to, you know, people who are way bigger than me in the business, I mean, they answered, they answered my messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't hesitate to accept the offer to do something or to help out. So that was kind of nice. So it kind of put me in contact with everybody, made me realize that if I needed to do anything huge, I could, mm-hmm. and I could get people together. And I was really good at networking and market talking on the phone and stuff, which I knew I was anyway, but it, it was a different level of it. So it was kind of cool to rediscover all that. And then we did it and, you know, got a bunch of press and shit like that for it. And then it, that was done. But then it was like, what's the next thing? Mm-hmm. So I felt like there was always something during 2021 to keep, you know, everybody going mm-hmm. know, for me anyway. I mean, that's what I wound up doing. And then I, you know, I wrote a little for Newsweek, I think right before 2021. So that was cool. So mm-hmm. I had that going. So I just kept finding ways to keep relatively sane and, and busy. And and then I started dystopia tonight. Yeah. And dystopia tonight was, is one of my favorite things ever. Now I do, Thank you. I do cherry pick the episodes I want to watch or, oh, or, sure. or listen to, uh, you know, Louis Black, John Cleese, Camilla, and mm-hmm. just all, all all the comedy people first, and then some of the music people, and then yeah. I'll get to the rest of them when I feel like it. But yeah, you're, I agree. As far as you know, the way your show flows and the interviewing and the people you have on, you can make just about anybody connect and talk to you pretty quickly, and that is an art in itself. Thank you. And uh, th- there, there were a few some of the some of the early episodes that uh, uh, maybe uh, some screening uh, might have helped. But uh, <laughs> you don't want to blame you don't want to blame the audience. You don't want to blame the guest. But no. you know, sometimes it's just the guest or the audience. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. There was definitely some. We were we were talking about it actually the other day, Tom and I, because we were like, you know, we've done over a hundred and something episodes, and then. Uh, we were like, yeah, there's like, because he was asking me, like, by the end of it, we we're kind of recapping, and he's like, are there any episodes that you were like, 
I was like, oh, yeah. I'm like, there's a few. And he's like, really? He's like, I only think there's like three in my head. I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's like five. Mm-hmm. And then, but it was just like, it's the same as doing stand-up though. We're like, maybe people watching don't know. Maybe people who were on the show who as guests don't know. But like, if I'm feeling off, I'm feeling off. And there's really nothing, like, I'm glad that if no one notices, no one notices. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't matter because I'm just like in my head i'm like oh no like everything's weird you know right um which i feel like you do you get like that too where you're like yeah you're going through the motions yeah i well we talked about it before we started taping i've pretty much been going through the motions for about six months now and maybe a little longer and until things get settled in my life i'm probably going to continue just going through the motions i have a lot of ideas i have a lot of things i want to do and Mm -hmm. i just don't want to say it out loud because every time i do that feels like a commitment and i'm just not gonna do it and so oh yeah yeah it's the worst thing to do to say something out loud because then it's just like actually i don't particularly like telling other people what i'm doing anymore because they'll only focus on that and ask you about it and that i just know that's not how i work personally yeah so i don't mind lying to my i'd be like oh i want to do this 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 and this but as soon as i say it then people ask you about those things and it feels like you're specifically not doing work Mm -hmm. right so you just feel like shit yeah and the funny thing is, is with podcasting, there are, there are people that you really like and they are talented at what they do. They are mm. not good for a podcast and, right. and, and comedians are the same way. You know, I've, I've had a few where I, you know, I felt like I had to drag stuff out of them and you know, the one word answers and stuff like that. And yeah. you just really don't know it until you get into it. And that's when you have to be really on your feet and ready to go because yep. otherwise you're just going to have a bunch of dead air. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah it's, it's weird because you almost feel like they're doing it under duress. And yeah. then, and, and the, and yeah. And the crazy thing is too, is like, I've had guests who like, when I speak to them outside of it in the emails or whatever, they're mm-hmm. like, really excited to do it, you know, can't wait, yada, yada, and then they get on air and they're dead weight or whatever it is. Mm. But, like, one of the things I realized is, like, you know, I have a high energy for the most part when I'm talking on something. I can kind of match what everybody, you know, depending on everybody's energy in the room. But some people just have a very consistent, like, they're not mad or angry or disinterested. They are just, you know, the one tone. Uh And I sometimes take it as like, they're not having a good time or like, I'll, I'll give you an example. I had, um, I love Alan Havy. I had Alan Havy on. Yeah. And uh, I was excited to have him on and he was excited to be a part of the show and he was communicating with Bill back and forth for a while. And, uh, you know, they were setting it up and then we got him on the show and we were having a good time, but I never felt like I made that connection that yeah. I normally make with guests. Right. So it just wasn't happening. And then I was kind of getting a little bummed out about it, like during the interview in my head. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, God damn, like I fucking cannot, like, I feel like I'm not reaching this guy or we're not, we're not connecting on it. Uh-huh. And then uh, <laughs> he, he had said something and, you know, like those glitches on camera or whatever it is. I swear to God, I thought he said, uh, um, oh my God, Jeff Altman. Oh, okay. And he said, Bob Altman. Oh, and there's apparently two Bob Altman's anyway, but he said Bob yeah. Altman, who was a magician or some shit or fuck. I don't even know what he was right back. Maybe a comic or whatever the hell it was, but I don't know this guy. But anyway, he says Altman and I hear him. 
Uh, I, that's all I, I thought he said, Jeff. And uh-huh. I was like, oh my God, he's coming on the show next week. And he goes, well, he's dead. Yeah. So, and I was like, <laughs> oh my God. And then immediately I do this, th- like, instead of just owning it, I'm like, oh, like, well, what I do, you know, I thought you said, and he was like, no, no, no. Like, he was really funny with it. Yeah. But in my head, I was like, John, you dumb, dumb motherfucker. I'm like, I'm like, because I was so, I was like, oh, this is it. This is going to be the connection is he's talking about his buddy, Jeff Allman. I'm going to tell him Jeff's coming on the show, like that we've got a good rapport or whatever. And I just fucking blew it. So the episode ends and I tell Tom, I was like, I fucked like that. That's all me. Like, I don't know what happened, but I just couldn't make it happen. And he's uh-huh. like, no, no, no. He's like, it's fine. Like, I just think he had a, like a weird, you know, like it, it was just energy was just a little lower. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, nah, man, I'm like, I fucked it up. And I was like, really kind of down. And it was at the point too, where I thought like, I was just like, maybe I'm out of it, man. Maybe it's like, you know, 80 something episodes in, I'm just fucking tired or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, my manager emails, Bill emails him or whatever. And, you know, I send out the links because I usually do that. I send it through Bill and then Bill sends out the links or whatever. And then uh, <laughs> uh, he sends back a really nice email, like a quote, like a, you know, mm-hmm. a nice, like a post assessment. He sent two about what a great time he had, what uh-huh. a great interview, like, the, you know, the whole spiel. And I was so, and Bill was cracking up because I told him, I was like, dude, don't even <laughs> like, don't even expect a thank you or an email back. Cause I really think this guy fucking walked away hating me. Yeah. Like, at, like wondering, <laughs> you know, why I was even doing this. And he just sent back this like glowing email. And, and I was just like, what, what, what the fuck is like, I was stunned, yeah. and, but it was hilarious. Cause they like, you, you know, so like, it's interesting. Cause I feel like you just never know. Like, yeah. you know, I think, my and he's, he's a low key guy anyway. It's, he is. Yeah. 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 You don't know. I mean, it, you, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's just weird. I had somebody on, um, uh, I had somebody on today and they were, they were great. I really like who they are, you know, them. I don't want to say that because they're not even comedian. If it's a comedian, it's so weird. I don't have any problem calling out a comedian. I'm like, hey, it was yeah, fucking no. this guy. Uh, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with them? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but, I, but I don't, you know, these people are just nice people. Um, but I had them on and I also felt like then too, I was like, I am not, you know, living up to maybe whatever they thought this was going to be. And yeah. I don't know what they think it is. I don't know what I think it is. Right. Yeah. So it's weird, but it also reminds me of doing stand up when I was younger. Where like, that's the, imp- that's the idea you kind of have in your, in the back of your head is mm-hmm. other, you know, whatever. So I'm like, ah, maybe it's like that a little bit every now and again. Cause otherwise, you know, we, we did one uh, the other day and it was fucking great. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I was just like having a blast. So I don't know. Do you feel like, I mean, I feel like it's up and down sometimes. Where yeah. I'm like, and you know. do you ever get the, and what I feel if, if I don't connect and it's not that great of an interview, mm-hmm. then I don't blame anybody. It's just, we didn't connect. It's just not going to happen. Sure. So I don't, I don't really get down on myself a whole lot unless I know I didn't come into it ready to go. So right. if I can, you know, I can pinpoint, you know, just like you can, Oh, you yeah. know, I, I've got this schedule and I don't want to do it. And, and if you start out that way, then it's not going to be great. But yeah, one, exactly. one thing, I don't know if you've experienced this, but have you ever interviewed somebody and you thought that you made a connection? And when, <laughs> when <laughs> I love this, when the yeah. email goes out and maybe a couple tags here or there, you get nothing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you know what's funny? What's worse is when it's friends. When you're like, <laughs> when you're just like, you're like, you're like, hey, like, do you want to? Because sometimes I invite people on the show, or they ask to be on the show, 
And, you know, very rarely, I mean, I had blown off a couple, not blown off, but I've been like, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and then, but like, uh, but like, I, I don't mind, like, you know, friends want to be on the show or whatever the hell it is. And then I'm like, yeah, that's, I like doing that because I like having people I know on to and mixing it up. Plus, I like having, you know, a couple big guests and then somebody that maybe people don't know because maybe they'll follow that pattern, you know? Yes. Yeah. Like maybe it'll be like, oh, it was yeah. this guy. I don't know who that guy is, but I really like this show. Right. It's yeah. like, you know what? I, I feel like it is. It's like when you make somebody a, a playlist, so you put a couple songs they like and then one they don't know. Yeah. So that they're like, oh, like it, like it. I don't know this, but I'm in a good mood. You know what I mean? So you yeah. hope they like the new music. So, um, but it's funny though, I'll do that and they'll ask me on and then I'll be like, Hey man, the episode's out, you know, and it'll, it'll be great. We'll have a good time. And then they don't fucking share it on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> no, no retweets on, on Twitter. Yeah. And I'm just like, and the funny thing is too, is I think people have a kind of notion of like, you know, cause I've got the, the numbers on Instagram. That's where most of my followers come from is there. Mm-hmm. And as far as followers, I mean, you know, I mean, I know everybody's like, oh, this one's got more than this or this one's got more than that person. But I'm, I'm just saying, in the grand scheme of things, it's not in the millions, you know what I mean? Or, or whatever, or the hundred thousands or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it's 25, it's, you know, it's 25K, whatever. But I think people normally do this. I think they go, he's got enough. I only got, you know, 200 and something or a thousand. Yeah. He doesn't need. But the funny thing is, is I don't know those thousand people. Mm-hmm. And you don't, you know, and like, so it just, it still helps. But I don't think people think that way. Yeah. They're, the expectation, I, I, I don't know if you have to set it like, you know, this is this this is what I do and this is what I'd like for you to do after this is released. And you know, yeah. I, I don't know. It's, but I, I'm surprised sometimes because you look at these folks and they are really good at keeping their social media up for themselves, but they just – and – Maybe they walked out of the interview saying, it, you know, this was a shitty interview and just Maybe. acted acted like they liked it. And but I agree. Yeah. And yeah, I've been on a I've been a guest on a few that I didn't tell anybody about because yeah. nobody should know about it. I agree. <laughs> I know. I've done the same thing too. Have you let me ask you this, have you gotten this person where uh they want to do the show? They're excited to be on, and then midway through the show, they tell you they're uncomfortable speaking in front of other people. No, I yeah, I haven't gotten that. <laughs> I've gotten a couple of these. Which, by the way, I I really wish people, if you're listening, if you're going to be a guest on a podcast, um, you know, let whoever it is know ahead of time because it changes the attitude of the host to go. I really have to take a more, you know, authoritative approach to the to the yeah. whole thing. They'll just be able to steer it better. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know, you're in the host is like, okay, this guy's just taking his time or he's pausing or or sometimes it'll help us figure out what questions to ask to get them more engaged right. and comfortable with doing whatever. So but um yeah, I've had a couple who we were I mean, we had a good time. Like mm-hmm. it was they weren't even bad shows, but it's kind of funny because I'm like, oh, I feel like, you know, uh they'll put on a uh, they won't even be those guests that are awkward or quiet. Mm-hmm. You know, they'll be the guests that are you know, trying to put up a front. To, yeah. So like, you know, they're really lean back yeah. and they're like, and I feel like my, and in my head I'm going, you know, this guy's got a real attitude with me and I don't understand why, you know, I don't, you know, maybe he's thinks he's above it. And yeah. I find out that they don't think that they're just super scared Yeah, and they don't do interviews often. Right. Right. It, my favorite thing is, is when I reach out and th- this just happened, 
and I, I reached out to a guy that has a book coming out and they mm-hmm. call you because I always give them my number and they call and they're concerned about how they're going to be portrayed. The, this guy is a super conservative and, <laughs> and, uh, but his story is good. It, it's yeah. a very engaging story. I've, I, I saw him a lot in the eight, well, 90s and 2000s uh, in the Midwest doing comedy. Just he's he he's an he's an oddball, but he is super intelligent and super protective of his politics, even though he doesn't really express it on stage. So he called and he right. said, I, he said, I just I just don't want to be portrayed as something bad or you actually attack me for anything. And I said, well, you know, right. and, and, and he had, he had had that experience. And I, and I told him that this, that my show is not about politics. It's about comedy. And that's mm-hmm. what we're going to talk about. And there's what you, you know, I, I want to make sure, and I do get, you know, I get my liberal friends that uh, send me messages like, why did you have this guy on or why did you have sure. her on and stuff like that. But I, I want to make my show to be completely um, a melting pot of everybody that mm-hmm. works in the comedy business because who knows whose advice is going to strike a chord with what person. So, sure. you know, and, and I, I was uh, I was glad he called because we had a really good talk and he's much more comfortable about being on. Had he not called and just came on and he came in thinking that I was going to attack him, then yeah, it could have been bad. Could have been bad. So I appreciate it when they do that. And most of the most of the um, a lot of the old guard, um, like Jeff Altman. You had Jeff Altman on. I had Jeff. You know, Love he Jeff. he did yep. want he did want to talk before the interview because he wanted to yeah. know what was expected and, and what we were going to talk about and all that kind of stuff. And that was great. So, yeah. uh, you know, I appreciate that. And, uh, I, I wish sometimes I wish the younger ones would do that. too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. It, yeah, it is kind of weird that they don't, I, 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 I see it a lot when I have like, even, even like a friend on who I know who hasn't done a lot of interview stuff where they don't think to prepare or ask or, or have any kind of thing ready or, or whatever it is. They think they can just go on and, and wing it. I don't know why my camera's doing that lately, but it is. Um, but they are, uh, you know, but it, it is kind of funny. I, I like, so I have a, probably the only rule I have as far as politics go is like, on mine is uh, just nobody that was at the Capitol riots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good stay. You know? yeah, because a, I would love to. That's a good um, low bar there. <laughs> yeah, it is. Right. I feel like at the bare fucking minimum, Yeah, because you're right. I feel the same way, but I feel the same way about comedians. I don't feel the same way about, um, and I know it's biased, but I don't care. Mm. Um, Cause I would love to talk to Roseanne. I know she's bad shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that she was, you know, a Trump supporting during whatever. I don't know which personality of hers was the Trump supporter. Maybe yeah. it's dead now. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't even, I wouldn't give a fuck because I wouldn't, I wouldn't bring it up. Yeah. I wouldn't let her talk about it. If she wanted to talk about it, then maybe I would be like, look, this is how I feel. Let's go back and forth about it, yeah. you know, or whatever. But like, uh, I, I do think she's a, a pioneer of comedy for women in comedy and all that other shit. And I know people would have a problem with it, but I don't really give a fuck. Right. I just want, you know, I want to talk about that, but I won't have anybody, 
else um, on, you know, who's kind of, you know, overly conservative in that respect, who wants to talk politics on it. Like, mm. like, I don't, I don't want to give anybody randomly a platform to, you know, to do whatever, because I've had, I've had, I've had a couple different producers kind of book guests here and there. Yeah. And one of them was really good at it. Uh, it came out of the book, came from like uh, when I had Joshua Raiden on uh-huh. and um, his publicist is great. And he, uh, every now and again, will get me somebody amazing. And then also, well, I mean, he's other somebody that we all know who's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then it'll be like, Oh, we, I've got this band, you know, they got a new album coming out. Why don't you give it a listen and see if you like them? He never pushes anybody on me. Mm. He knows my taste in music really well. So he kind of figured it out or whatever. And uh, it was like, cool. And then I had another one, my agent recommended. And uh, I, it was all right. We did, she did well and we did well, but I think there was a couple moments there where she was trying to get used to who I was. And mm. I'm, you know, <clears throat> I, I know, I, I think I had to really kind of put my foot down about who I was. Like, I think I was like, no, this is kind of what I want. I got a kind of vision for the show and whatever. And she was very much like, well, you need to get over that. And I was like, oh, well, you don't know who you're fucking talking to. Like, I was like, oh, like once I, once I had heard, like, I had to actually get her to say it though, because I knew uh-huh. that's what she was thinking, uh-huh. but I couldn't just accuse her of it. Cause I knew that was going to go down a different argumentative path. Yeah. If I had just come out and been like, I'm feeling like this. So I had to keep rejecting like certain, you know, weird groups that she was throwing at me on fucking Christian rock bands or some shit. And then, um, <laughs> I swear to God, it was like that. And then like, she wanted some anti-vaxxer on the show or like some of that because he had like a big following and I wanted to be like, let me just make sure you understand something. Um, cause I hate that shit too, because I don't like having people on with big followings because it doesn't matter because if they're following like, I mean, it does, because I'm glad they have a big following. Mm. It's good for them. But people don't understand that TikTokers do not equal YouTube followers. So mm. if you've got a million, three million, four, I've had guests on who have five million TikTok followers. Mm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that does not come over to me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it... yeah, and what can you do? Yeah. You know, cause, cause there's, they're very specific. Like everybody is very loyal to their app mm-hmm. and uh, you know, whatever, what I would like, by the way, is for those people on the TikTok thing to at least cut up the, inter- cause like, I'm not kidding you when I like, you know, if I, if I told, I just told you if an interview shit, I'll fucking say it shit. Uh-huh. But like the, some that I'm thinking about who people who had a lot of followers, we had a blast. We had a great time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, for the love of holy fucking hell in Christ, just cut up the goddamn interview, cut a fucking minute or three minute clip out of it, throw yeah. it up on your TikTok, yeah. throw a guy a fucking bone, <laughs> tag me in it, you know, do whatever. It's, it, it fucking, can I tell you something though? I think I'm going on like losing it. Uh-huh. it I swear <laughs> to you, I, I'm an old man Poveromo you for a second. I think it's this generation that does not, for the life of me, give a fuck about anybody. Like, like, because because it 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 translates into all the social media stuff too. Because like even if like I remember my friend and I, she and I were in this bar, and she hooked up with a younger dude. Go you! Um, <laughs> but she, she hooked up with this younger guy, and he was bartending. And uh, oh no, he was he was serving. He was waiter. He was a waiter, and he he was serving drinks or whatever. But basically, she was we were drinking something. He caught up with her later, and he was like, "Hey," and she's like, "Hey," and I'm sure they were gonna like fucking shack up afterward. But he he switched out a drink for her. And brought her another drink. And she was like, oh, didn't bring me one, piece of uh-huh. shit. So I'm just sitting there like, oh, fuck, dude. Uh, so I'm like, okay. And he brings her a drink. He just uh, didn't even ask her. So in 
both of our minds, we were like, oh, this guy's fucking taking care of your drink. Like, he just immediately switched it out. He's not even our waiter. Uh-huh. So I'm like, oh, this guy's fucking good. Gives her another third one. He fucking charged her oh. for the other drinks. And I was like, that is such a young, shitty... Like, and I think she said something to him and and and, and basically in like... Because uh, they didn't wind up hooking up later. And she was like, you fucking kept bringing me drinks that I didn't ask for and then charged me later for them. <laughs> He's like, oh, I thought that was just being nice. He's like, being nice would have been if you had fucking paid for the drinks. And he's like, well, I could get in trouble. And like, my that never crossed. Like, if any of my friends worked anywhere, we were like, oh, everyone got shit for free. My friend who worked Mm -hmm. in the movie theater, I didn't pay for a fucking movie. (laughs) (laughs) Me, me, my friends, none of us did forever because not only did we know him because he worked there we knew everybody else who knew him because he worked there so we're like we're riot buddies and they'd be like you're allowed in and then like i worked at a bookstore i was fucking cranking that lever giving out discounts to old ladies who's with nice faces you know i didn't care but i was just like and and if you're quiet about it no one fucking knows but this generation for some reason has this like weird stipulation about rules where where Certain things do not apply to them at all individually, mm-hmm. but they apply to every fucking body. Like, yeah. again, I was at the I was at this gym. I used to go to this piece of fucking shit gym in my area, and I say that a piece of shit gym because they're anti-vax people. Uh. Um, but basically, I used to go to this gym in the olden days, and uh, I'm sitting at the counter with a with a with a protein shake, you know, getting jacked. And um, and the dude behind the counter that works there, a younger guy than me. But he's like, you know, he wants to be a cop. So he's, you know, just a just a fucking dick anyway. But he watches one of the employees that's there. This girl is super nice. Uh-huh. Actually, she's just hot. I don't know if she's nice, but she seemed nice. <laughs> so she's, you know, every girl is like, you're like, she's so sweet. Yeah. Like, it doesn't, she's not, she's got a, a nice face and, you know. So, but she walks in with a friend and he sees her walk in and he goes, oh, what, what? And I see him say something to somebody else. And just goes, oh, watch, she thinks she's going to walk in here for free or, or take her friend in here for free mm. uh, and take advantage of the whatever. And I literally just went, I, I said, is it coming out of your pocket, dude? Like, what the fuck do you care? <laughs> like, and then everyone like around me was like shocked that I had said anything like, but I'm like, what a prick. Yeah. Like, she can't sneak in with her, get her friend in for free when she works there because like yeah. the level of insanity, dude. But that's it. But that's the same thing with the social media thing. Right. I really do like. If you look at mine, and I'm not like, I, I hate saying this because I don't like, but if you do look at mine, I try very hard to at least, like, especially when I'm on the road, I take photographs of the comics because mm-hmm. I have a nicer camera than anybody else does. And I know that comedians need photos on stage. Right. I share them with them and then I post them, you know, to also be like, I got a lot of followers, so fuck it. Like, what's the difference? I don't know if they're translating, but at least somebody sees these other people. Mm. People do not do that shit. Yeah. Sorry, that was a long fucking. You're like, and we're done. <laughs> that was the whole. All episode. right, it's been yeah, great hey. talking to you. The, John the, was screaming about uh, the kids. Yeah, <laughs> the the funny thing about this generation, though, is uh, the way I describe it is they t- have all the idealism of the millennials, and they've weaponized it and become mercenaries, and <laughs> they are turning it around to make sure that they are taken care of first and yeah. that's a little bit different than the millennial generation but yeah i right. i totally get it they're they're smart 
they're mm -hmm. they've you're right about the rules they know all the rules they read the whole book and know yep. every in and out of every rule and will be able to recite it to you when you break that rule and yes. but uh yeah they are it, it's i i think they're they're like um they're almost like uh boomers that are on the right track or something i don't know <laughs> I was just going to say, dude, because it's hilarious because they'll rail against boomers, but they have that boomer attitude of mm -hmm. it's me, myself, and I, yeah, and maybe like a, a one other person, you know, <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that pendulum swings. It is, it's either the rule followers or whatever, or you find the other side of it where they're like, you know, 17 and doing coke. And I'm like, what, what seventies movie did you like, yeah. like, where did you cut? Like, you know, <laughs> like, I'm like, well, what what the fuck happened? So there's no in between. There's nobody that's just kind of chill and, you know, I don't know. Because I learned, I think I learned relatively young that nothing matters. Like mm. that, I just had like, I, 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 yeah, I think it was. I was. I think it was when I was working in that bookstore mm -hmm. because I had worked there for all, all throughout high school and it was a blast because I was the I was like the young guy that was there and then like you know all my all the other employees were just older and they were cool as mm -hmm. shit and I always hung out with older people. I just did. Um, 17 year old Scarface came past dad just said, um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, exactly. But like, I, I, you know, I had a blast there or whatever, but, um, it was one of those things where like my, my senior year, also my last year at the bookstore anyway, but, uh, somebody had come in from Florida, this woman, and she was like from corporate and I didn't even know what the fuck that was. You know, I was just like, what do you mean? Like they, they we have a corporate, like somebody is <laughs> this, you know, it's like wall street. It was, a, it was a small bookstore. It was a Walden Books. And she fired everybody. Like, uh -huh. but like systematically. And it was because like the for no real reason other than they wanted to, you know, I don't know. Like, you know, small bookstores were going out of business by that time. Yeah. So it wasn't anybody's fault in particular. But up but those whole four years is everybody was a very tight family and the bookstore did well and uh -huh. we were still kind of doing well. And then I realized, oh my God, these people have worked here longer than I have. And in a and in a week's time, their whole lives have been upended. Yeah. So it, it was a it was a bit of a shock to me. I was like, oh my god, nothing, <laughs> <laughs> nothing matters. This is nuts. <laughs> like you know. So yeah, it was it was interesting. So then I the people I don't know now seem to just fucking think everything matters. Yeah, yeah, a lot. It's a hard to swallow that. Yeah. So as far you've been doing dystopia tonight for over a year now, right? Yeah, it'll be. It was a year, um, January seventh. Okay. Oh wait, no, it'll be a year, January seventh. I think. Okay. What What things have you learned from doing that that you've been able to put like in maybe into your act or real life? Have you, has anything come out of it that made you better? Gave you some uh, nuggets to work with or whatever? Um, it's definitely made me more. Um, I guess confident in certain areas that I probably, you know, I'm still not a great business guy. Um, I don't enjoy doing any of the business side of anything. Mm -hmm. And, but it, but it has made me way more confident in like, um, that I can, I can literally just talk to anybody. Like I always had the inkling that I could talk to strangers and I, but now I'm like, like I will call Elliot Gould. Yeah. I have no right to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> he shouldn't be expecting a phone call from me, but he's going to get one. Um, because I don't know. I'm just way more, uh, you know, I think, I think when you interview, you know, bigger people or whatever, 
because part of interviewing is just acting as if you even belong interview talking to these people mm-hmm. anyway at mm-hmm. the time. So then, you know, it's a little bit of improv. So once you get that down, because because when I'm doing it, I'm in the moment and I'm having a good time. And then afterward, um, I was like, holy fucking shit. I just had a, you know, a two hour conversation with, you know, Stevie Van Zant or for or Steve Cropp or whoever, you know, and I'm or Lewis Black or whatever it is. And then I'm just like, that was fucking awesome. So I think it kind of gave me a better sense of me and um, what I can what kind of what I can accomplish and what I can do. And also, you know, um, that if I really need to, I can fucking learn something, you know, quick, like set it, setting stuff up and, you know, editing, mm-hmm. you know, I learned, uh, I got a bunch of new skills for, for fucking having to edit every episode myself. And, you know, um, you know, all the graphics and shit are still done by me, unfortunately. So, um, <laughs> well, you're I good really, at it. Thank you. I appreciate <laughs> it. It's just my ADD kicks in that I'm like, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> five ten Tom and I are like scrambling ten minutes before. Yeah. Um and as far as like stand up incorporating stuff in, I think I just now like have kind of fun stories to tell from like mishaps or guests or or whatever. Mm. Like, you know. It's fun. Like uh like you know, Joanne and I did shows before Omicron and uh, you know, mm. we were on the road or whatever. So we always do like a Q and A at the end and then uh I don't know. Somebody somebody mentioned dystopia and having Ed Asner on mm-hmm. and it being the last interview. And I was like, oh yeah. And I had a I had a fun Ed Asner story to tell, or I had a fun um uh, you know, between him and like Mike Farrell or whatever, the conversation. So I was just mm-hmm. like, Oh, I got a story. So that was cool. Yeah. How about you? Kind of the same. I've always been fairly forward anyway. I've always had, I I don't care who it is. I'll talk to them or ask, ask them. I know how many no's I'm going to get to get a yes, basically. So I I don't have a, uh, uh, much fear of that, but I did get even better at it. And also the persistence thing, because, Mm -hmm. you know, I've approached people three or four times and they didn't bite until the fourth time. So sure that's that's something i've learned that you know what maybe they just need it needs to be on their timeline and yeah. if i keep checking in then maybe something will happen so yeah there's that i think the active listening thing i always thought i was a pretty good listener but, and the uh fact that you know if if you listen back to my first few episodes i wasn't i wasn't actively listening i was just listening so i could ask the the next question. And That's so, great. so you, you kind of evolve into that. And I had done a podcast prior to that, a local podcast. And I knew that it, it, yeah. it was just, it was just me like over researching a guest and knowing, knowing everything about them before oh, I start so, talking. And one of the things I envy about you is that you really fucking like anybody that's asked me about your podcast, that was going to go on it or whatever. I'm always like, it's the most thoroughly read, like he's thorough. He knows you better than you probably know yourself. You know, uh, you, you, like I, I had such a blast on your podcast. That's, uh, you know, why Thanks. we wound up giving friends. We, we hit it yeah. off and stuff. But uh-huh. I was like, that was like, I, that was the one I liked to share, honestly. Like, yeah. because I was like, oh, it was great. It was a good interview. Uh, was, you know, great questions. But yeah, it's, I envy that because I, uh, it gets down to the wire sometimes and I'm like, I didn't, I don't know anything about this person. Yeah. <laughs> I strolling through Wikipedia real quick. I'm like, holy fucking shit. I think. Uh... Yeah. <laughs> well, just listen to my last six months worth of episodes because that's about what I did. <laughs> <laughs> Have you learned to lie yet? 
Not not very not very well. You get a guess? Yeah. I I don't lie like horribly. I just again it's acting as if. Mm-hmm. So like sometimes I'll make the phone call um and already act like we've been talking. Mm-hmm. When it's usually not with the actual person. With the yeah. actual person, I never kind of do that kind of stuff. But with agents and managers, I usually do because, you know, they nine times out of ten, they don't know who they've already spoken to. Uh-huh. And then the the other times, you know, depending on the kind of person they are genuinely is whether or not they'll they'll blow you off anyway. Yeah. Like, so they were going to do that either way. Right. But most people will kind of be like, oh, God, I don't know and i don't know if i want to upset this person uh-huh. so like there's all that shit going on so you really got to kind of weigh those options yeah but you know if i have uh yeah a hard time getting a guest sometimes or whatever and i do make the phone call i just very i was like hey what's going on i think i think you've been talking to some like my agent or somebody and i don't really know but i wanted to call personally and it works yeah it, can, it really I, does I, I can see how that would work yeah now you gotta try it you gotta try it with paula <laughs> It ain't going to happen. Don't call that call anymore. <laughs> that, that bridge is burned. Yeah. <laughs> Every time and she I tweets or it pops yeah. up, I think of you, and it is, it's so fucking funny to me. Yeah, yeah. It's it's funny when I called, I, I can just say it, when I called uh, Jeff Altman to talk about the podcast, I told him the Paula Poundstone <laughs> story, and his response to that, well, Fuck it, she isn't funny anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yeah. I love little comedian. Right, I I'd said something about. Um, I asked Alan Havy a question about comedy specials. What he thought, you know, uh-huh. or whatever. And it was, probably wasn't something I was even really remotely interested in. I was just probably like, "Why aren't we connecting?" Yeah, um, in my head. So I was like, <laughs> literally throwing out, you know, generic whatever. But I was asking a question about the comedy specials you know, and, and how much weight they have today, which I don't think they had any. And I said, you know, I said, Bobcat Goldthwait just did an interview and Bobcat hates them. And without missing a beat, he goes, Bobcat hates a lot of things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, but so like yeah. you could tell there was something there probably, but I didn't even, type, but I was like, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah. Bobcat yeah. Hates a lot now, have you ever had this one happen to you? Have you gone to a publicist or manager and they shoot you down and then you go directly to the person you want to talk to and they say yes and the publicist calls you to schedule it? <laughs> I, that's fucking hilarious. And they're not very but, happy about it. Oh, that's hilarious. I've never had the pleasure yeah. because I've always just dealt with the person, mm-hmm. but I have had it where their publicist was like either a dick and never responded. Yeah. Um, or like I've had the publicists, you know, um, anything, social media, whatever it is. And you can see they've read it and won't respond mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just flat out. No. So when I have asked them or whatever, I just deal directly with the person, but I will out of sheer spite, thank them. And I'm like, hey, um, so-and-so was on the show. Just wanted to thank you uh-huh. or whatever. And I'll tell you, can I tell you who it was for? Yeah, Lewis go Black. ahead. Lewis was... Black's eight manager. Really? Um, I had emailed. I had actually emailed him from, um, there's a, a, one of my friends is Danny Robinson, who's the vice president of APA. Uh-huh. Love Danny. Danny. Danny's known me since I moved out of California. He's always been really good to me. And then I was like, you know, 
um, he was trying to help me out with some stuff, and he was like, why don't you email whatever the fucking guy's name is? I can't think of his name right now, because you know I would say it. Um, <laughs> but I can't think of his name. And uh, he's like, email this guy and have him, you know, uh, ask for Lewis and a couple other people. And I was like, uh-huh. great. And I did. And he, this guy fucking, without missing a beat, blew me off. And I was like, damn. Like, I was like, he's like, tell Danny I said hi, but also no. Um, and I was just like, oh, fuck you, dude. And then <laughs> I wound up getting Lewis Black directly. Uh-huh. And Lewis couldn't have been, he was, I, I, uh, yeah, I think it was I dealt with his assistant and then Lewis or something like that. Mm-hmm. Both could not have been sweeter people. Lewis, obviously, we had a great show and it was fun. And he was such a nice dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and yeah, and then I and I sent him a message afterwards. <laughs> I was like, I was like, hey, Lewis and I had it off. And then I showed him the quote that Lewis had given me for the show and for like a testimonial. And I and I of course never heard back, but I was like, ah, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, son of a bitch, yeah. Yeah, that's happened a couple times. It's a true joy to really get somebody like in that position. It is. It is. So we've uh, spent a good amount of time talking about podcasting in 2021. Let's talk about what's ahead for 2022. So one of the things I've noticed is within the comedy culture, the comedians themselves, you talked about a little bit about kind of busting balls with other comedians. Mm -hmm. That does not happen anymore because as soon as you do it you get blackballed from the little comedy unit your your regional area so and i'm sad that that doesn't you can't do that because i love saying you know go fuck yourself or that joke was terrible dummy you know that kind of thing that's like i love that kind of talk and it's I can see that that is the, I don't want to call it PC culture, but everybody is so scared to really piss somebody off that that it's a big hug fest instead of. uh, I mean, not only is it pissing anybody off too, it's just like, it's, it's, there's a real, a real over sensitivity or vulnerability there. We're like, you know, I mean, I'm all for being supportive of comedians and shit like that. And like your peers and shit, but like the fact that, comedians don't know you know in those, in that in those settings you know don't know when you're joking or you're just yeah. fucking around it's like guys what? yeah <laughs> um another thing too even in the bigger you know like uh heavyweights that are out there um it's not so much bomb busting anymore it's like here's, here's the problem with it because everybody is involved with entertainment whether they're in it or not because of twitter and how democratized it is mm-hmm. like even like, oh, God, I saw it the other day. There's so many examples like this. But basically, it was like somebody um, was on Ellen's show. I think it was Leah Remney. And she had, like, hit Ellen on the wrist jokingly, you know, like that, like, lady slap thing. Mm-hmm. Like, whatever. And literally the headline in one of the things was, like, Leah Remney calls Ellen something and actually strikes her oh. on the set of her show. <laughs> and then... And then you watch the thing and that's not what happened at all. But like, literally like, even if people are like kind of fucking around with each other, I feel like it, it just takes a different tone turn mm-hmm. because of people not understanding it or people not, not having to read, you know, ball busting or sarcasm or they don't understand that people are friends and, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever it is. But also like, like look at fucking Patton and, and Chappelle recently. Yeah. Patton can't fucking go hang out with his buddy without the goddamn internet making him feel guilty for it, right. which is ridiculous because why would you ever feel guilty about what strangers had to say yeah. 
about you. Like, especially at Patton's age. Yeah. Like, the age that Patton and fucking Chappelle are at at this point, and, like, the success-wise, who gives a fuck yeah. what right. anybody you don't know says? Mm-hmm. Why is that important? Yeah. And it's such a short shelf life anyway. People are on to the next thing to be mad about. They are. Anyway, so it, you're going to be really, really shat upon for about five minutes, and then something else is going to happen. Right. Yeah. But you know what the funny thing is, too, is I also don't know, like, I don't know them. I don't know them well enough at all. But, like, I don't know if Patton called Chappelle and was like, hey, dude, I'm getting shit on this. You know what I have to do now, right? And he was like, yeah, man, just do whatever you got to yeah. do. You know what I mean? I have yeah. no idea because because all this shit fuels their career. You know what I mean? Like, they're all making hand over fist money-wise anyway. You know? Uh-huh. So, you know, and it, and it does feel like every audience member, instead of just being an audience member and then going home and not fucking their wives or whatever they do, like, they're, they're just kind of like, they're still caught up in it. So, mm-hmm. like, even if you leave the show, you're still part of the show because it's no one ever catches a break. You're mm. seeing the same fucking thing all the time. Right. So like, um, so I don't know if it's, if it's basically like everybody's kind of figured out how to navigate those storms too. Cause I got, I was talking, I got Stevie Van Zandt on the show and he had said something nice about the Rolling Stones. And I just happened to be, you know, they happened to be in the news lately. And I was like, Oh my God, dude, I think you're the first, uh, popular musician to say something nice about the Rolling Stones. I said in the last two weeks, because I McCartney shit on them and the guy from the Who called them nothing more than a garage band. Yeah. And he laughed out loud and he goes, Those guys are just fucking with each other in the press. They're all friends or yeah. whatever. And I was like, I yeah. you know, I yeah. kinda had a But it's like how I you know, I wasn't even mad that like that that cel- like that that level of culture or fame can manipulate because we deserve it. Yeah. We deserve to be you know, if if we're hanging on every fucking word that's in the press every now and again, it's got to be kind of fun to be like, just to call up your other really famous guy and be like, hey, listen, dude, I'm going to pretend that uh, you fucking did something to me. <laughs> and, and then I'm just going to watch you get burned for a week. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> out, come scout, click. You know, and then they're like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, God. It's all an inside job. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So let's pretend um, like Omicron is uh, <laughs> is gone tomorrow. One, sure. one of the things that I saw in 2021 when people were able to perform that people were telling them that they hadn't been to a comedy club in seven mm-hmm. years, 10 years or whatever. So it, it seems like there's a resurgence of folks who want to go to live comedy shows, some new blood that is going to hopefully fill these seats. Do you see that too? Or is, I I have quite a few people tell me that and it seems like it's maybe a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, yeah, when I was going, I mean, you know, I, I feel like I got cut short again, by fucking COVID, but like when I started to build back up and go back out, yeah, the audiences are, are, um, excuse me, really, really excited. Like mm-hmm. they, they are, you know, uh, not, I don't know, I want to say nicer, but they kind of are. Everybody's just kind of fucking happy to be out to see comedy, to see you if they like you and mm-hmm. they know you. So, um, you know, that kind of a thing. Yeah, I think there is a resurgence in that respect. Um, s- only occasionally have I been to a place where. I don't really want those people out because I know they're coming out defiantly. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was, there was definitely a, a good portion of time there where there was a, a certain group of people that were coming out 
And I was like, there's no way they're comedy fans. These people want to fucking catch this shit or want to yeah. prove stuff, you know. Yeah. Oh, we're, we're at a comedy club. And I'm like, oh, my God, <laughs> Like, you just got out of prison, didn't you? Or whatever. Like, I don't know what your deal yeah. is, but um, – but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be pretty great. I would, I'm, all my stuff's canceled this month, so that sucks. But what yeah, do? yeah. And why do they call oh. it Omicron? It should be Omicron, shouldn't it? <laughs> it could be. That'd be great. Yeah, maybe that's the Midwest dude in me or something. I don't know. Omicron. Oh my lord! I feel like you had a cornfield saying, "My lord." Um, <laughs> that'd be great if they named it after just like, you know shocked expressions from the 40s yeah <laughs> have you caught well my word <laughs> um yeah i don't know man i i don't i don't see this getting any better i mean i'm not risking anything yeah uh at this point but um but i also know like this time around canceling certain gigs if the gigs don't cancel first uh they probably will not have, I'll probably get ramifications for it this time because now everybody thinks, you know, we're not fucking doing it again. Like some clubs. Yeah. yeah. So I know, I know for a fact that like turning down gigs isn't going to be like, okay, we didn't know like this person, whatever. Now they just think you're a pussy mm-hmm. and you know, everyone's going to get it and blah, 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 blah. And it's mm-hmm. like, maybe so, but I don't want it. And I'm not going to willingly, you know, I'm not risking my life for telling a, Dick joke in Boise. Oh, they've heard them. Yeah. <laughs> it's not worth it. Okay. Final question. Bringer shows, good or bad? Oh, my God. Atrocious. Fucking horrible. <laughs> anybody, any comedians watching, you know, anybody thinking of doing it, do not do a bringer show. Perform stand up anywhere other, anywhere else you can. Don't, even if it's another fucking comedian running a show, fuck them. They're just trying to get your money. They're not that good anyway. Uh, just yeah, do stand up anywhere else. Yeah, like or like, there, how many Elks lodges are there out there? Fucking get every drunk in an Elks lodge. Tell them you're doing a benefit for somebody you know who smoked all their life and is now talking out of a hole in their neck. They're all there, <laughs> and uh, you know they'll love that shit. And then just go try your fucking five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, your shows are shit. I've seen some debate on that and people calling people out for disguising bringer shows as something else. And yeah, uh, so I, I just wonder what you thought about that. Yeah, they're terrible, man. I'll, I'll tell you why they're terrible because you don't grow as a comic doing it because if you're, if you're all your effort is focused on, you know, if all your effort is basically focused on like how many people are going to show up so that you can still do the time they told you you'd have, mm. you're not worried about material. And yeah. also, you want the people that you're bringing to come fucking back to see you. Yeah. So if you bomb, they're not going to pay $20 a pop and mm. two plus two drink minimum to come see you test out new material. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just this pressure of like, Oh, I don't want to, I want to work on your shit, but I also don't you know, want to lose the people that the five friends I have in society, yeah. you know, or, or coworkers <laughs> or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's a terrible way to develop and, um, I, I'm hoping they stop, but I don't know. Somebody just Dustin just told me they're still out there. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know. I th- I think uh, I think there's still quite a few actually. So um, all, all over the place now. Uh, so John, where can people find you on the interwebs? Uh huh. Um, please go to. I think I put it. I just noticed my name was Johnny Five Alive for the last hour. So <laughs> I don't remember the last time I was on here, but apparently it was with you, and I did that. Um, <laughs> 
but go to at John Poveromo on Instagram, mostly just Instagram. I don't care about uh, Twitter or TikTok. If you want to follow me on TikTok, that's great too. But I post all the time on Instagram at John Poveromo and also Dystopia Tonight on Instagram and YouTube. And um, that's it. Excellent. Excellent. Well, man, I appreciate you doing this uh, recap with us and the conversation no problem, went a few went, went down a few little rabbit holes, but I know that's going to happen with you. So that so it I makes it interesting. It. I should just have yeah. you as a guest like once a month and say, "I love it." Hey, John, what do you think about this? And <laughs> then go have some coffee or something. Yeah, let's do it. I'm done. I'm I'm good for that, man. <laughs> Whenever you want to. Oh, great. Well, thank thanks a lot for doing this. This is great. Thanks for having me, man. It was a lot of fun.